1: Every year on Christian's birthday, family and friends gather at the Andriakios for a night Ray has dubbed the wishing night. A night for people to celebrate Christian's life and mourn his passing, a mixture of emotions. While one group is sharing in laughter over old stories about Christian, someone else is nearby shedding a tear. This time means something different to each person, but ultimately, it's a time to remember Christian. Eventually, All the guests filter down into the basement where Ray has a cake set up and an indoor s'mores rig. Some time is spent inside mingling and indulging in sweets, but really, everyone is waiting for sundown. At sundown, the party moves outside to the lake. Near the dock, there's a table set up with supplies on it each guest grabs three items from the table, a sky lantern, a lighter, and a marker. A sky lantern, or some call it a Chinese lantern, is basically a miniature paper hot air balloon. And underneath the lantern sits a small brick of wax suspended on some wire. This is where the lighter comes in handy. The marker serves a different purpose. Guests are encouraged to write a message on their lantern dedicated to Christian. The wax is lit. The lantern fills with air and light from the flame, which illuminates the message. And finally, the lantern lifts off into the sky.
2: Can I draw on
1: this one? Ray, would you mind reading what that says? I'll love
3: you to the moon and back.
0: Mom, you should say
3: that. One, two, three, push it. There it goes! Yay! Did you
4: comfortable reading what you wrote on there? Um, I'll probably not, but I'll try. Okay. <laughs> I just said, until we made a game across the ocean. I did like We um, shared a lot of water, <laughs> so it doesn't get any easier.
1: And peace, man. James O'Barr said, if the people we love are stolen from us, the way to have them live on is to never stop loving them. And that was my takeaway from the wishing night. Christian Andreacchio lives on. Four years after his death, to see loved ones gather in his honor to watch hundreds of glowing lanterns fade into the night sky, it's eye-opening. A reminder that before that final day, Christian lived a life. And in doing so, he made an impact on people and on the world that you and I are still living in today. This is his story. If we're going to talk about his death and what happened at that apartment on February 26, 2014, then we need to start with his life. Most importantly, his final years and the time leading up. Did you know that according to FBI property crime data, most home break-ins happen in broad daylight? As the days get longer this spring, protect your home with Safe. It's the award-winning home security I use and recommend. I'm relieved to know that while my days get longer and longer this month, and my family and I are starting to venture back into the outdoors to enjoy the spring weather, I won't have to sweat about whether or not my home is protected, because I know that Safe has my back. There's a reason they were named Best Home Security Systems of 2024 by U.S. News & World Report and recognized for Best Customer Service in Home Security by Newsweek. Simply Safe's advanced technology keeps every room of my house protected. And if my cameras and alarms aren't enough to deter a thief, then I can trust in their 24-7 professional monitoring for fast emergency response at just half the cost of traditional home security. We're talking less than a dollar a day. You really can't beat it. Do yourself a favor. Protect your home today. My listeners get a special 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect monitoring. Just visit slash culpable That's simplysafe.com/culpable. There's no safe like Simply Safe.
5: Selling a little or a lot?
2: doing again somewhere <laughs> across the... Doesn't
4: get any easier.
1: This is Avery Smith, Christian's ex-girlfriend. Christian and Avery dated a long time. Ray had given me some backstory on their relationship, so I knew they were close, which didn't surprise me. What did surprise me was to hear how close he was with the rest of the family. Avery's mother, Lori, father, Paul, and brother, Kellen. To the Smiths, Christian was family. Here's Avery, along with her mother, Lori, and brother, Kellen.
4: Me and Christian met in ninth grade. He walked into my honors English class as the new kid. He definitely kind of stood out. Um, We knew he was a new kid. I was kind of known as the nerd in school, always kind of studied. But Christian walked in and he definitely caught my eye. He was just so funny and, I don't know, something about him caught my attention and that was kind of the first time that really ever happened to me, but uh, that's kind of our first moment meeting. Um, He sat down in front of me and we immediately just started talking and he was so carefree and I guess that's our first day, so to speak, our first moment where we um, interacted. So originally we became just really good friends, like I said, from English class and I just thought he was super cool, but I was terrified of, like, dating or anything like that. And I didn't even consider that he was interested in me that way, so to speak. And I actually was trying to set him up with one of my good friends. And so we would all kind of hang out in groups and just kind of started from there. And he was always talking to me, like, even though I would try to push him in the direction of other girls, we just had this connection, I guess you could say. And... He eventually told me, Avery, I don't want to be with your friend. Like, are you dumb, basically? Like, I'm into you. And I guess I was surprised but flattered at the same time. And I can remember we continued hanging out, and we couldn't even drive at the time. Our parents would drop us off at the mall or the movies, and not even sure my mom knew because I was just kind of a private person. But I remember the night that he asked me out, and we were watching a movie, um, The Prom Night Remake, and I kind of jumped at a scary part, and it's super cheesy, but kind of uh, gives you insight on his personality. But he just leaned over and grabbed my hand and said, as long as you're with me, you'll never be scared. And of course, as a 14-year-old girl, that just melted my heart, and I guess the rest was history. We dated for about, it was almost five years. So from the time we were 14 going on 15 to almost 21, about 20. So,
6: The moment we met Christian, he came to the house. You knew something was special, no doubt. There was no doubt about that. You elaborate on that? Just, man, he would come in the room and just, I could be having a horrible day and just, you know, I mean, he would make it better. know he was just the kind of person that you did not not want to be around you know he made the room bright no matter what
4: it was just part of his character like any time if there was a struggle or complication or something sad like he's gonna find the funny way out and make you laugh make you smile like no doubt about it and that's just was a part of who he was I think that Christian would literally do whatever it took to be the center of attention, to make people laugh. He was a total ladies' man, like a flirt. You know, if you were 20 years old or 80 years old, you know, he's going to make you feel like the only girl in the room. He just had that way about him, and I don't know. It wasn't chaotic to me. I just thought it was awesome (laughs) because we were so different, really, and I was more on the shy and quiet, and He just had such a way about him, it was natural for him. It's easy to win over a crowd, to be the center of attention or the life of the party, so to speak. And that just came natural to him, and I guess that's something that I was infatuated with because that's not natural to me. I guess my favorite memory is kind of private, but like I said, um, growing up, I was pretty much a tomboy, like a pretty private person. And me and Christian had been dating for about, goodness, over a month, going on dates, and he had met my family and everything, and I was terrified of a first kiss, terrified. (laughs) But it's probably one of my favorite things because he was so patient, of course, and I was walking out of the bedroom actually checking on my ferret. (laughs) Um, I'm going to be a veterinarian, so I've had a lot of weird animals in the past. And he was just like, Avery, come here. And I turned around, and he just grabbed me up and didn't let me think about it and just gave me a kiss. And I was like, what just happened? And my heart was racing. And I don't know, I think that's probably something I'll never forget.
2: So he brought her out. I think he got her into a lot of craziness. <laughs> he brought it just kind of reminded me of me and my husband because I was the innocent, sweet little girl and he was the wild, crazy one and he kinda brought me out and I calmed him down and that's kinda how they did, you know. We never knew what to expect. But you know, my husband like at first my husband was like, you know, why don't she wanna go hunting with me anymore? Why didn't she wanna do this? What's you know, what's he got that I don't got? You know. He loved Christian but He had that typical daddy reaction at first, but then he's like, Christian would do whatever he could to win Paul over, so they ended up having a real special relationship, too. He dated the whole family, basically. (laughs) Every day, probably. I mean, there was probably not many days that went by that he was not at our house or with Avery and would swing by. He would come by just to see us.
6: He would come, I worked at Firestone for, what, about nine years. He would always, he had a little white BMW, even though know, he would go back and forth, I guess, to, to Tupelo, or wherever he was going to get back and forth on the boat. And he would always stop by, and he would stay for an hour and a half just talking. You know, how's everything going? My, I mean, my kids called him Uncle Monk, for goodness sakes. I mean, you know. Somebody I mean?
2: said he looked like a monkey. Because <laughs> he <They> had big <laughs> he eyes. He had a big old so eyes. So we called him Uncle Monkey. Everybody called him Uncle Monkey. <laughs>
6: And my little girl, she ate him up. I mean, she I mean there and he he loved her. I mean, you know, he'd come to the house and the first thing he would do would pick her up. I'm talking about when she was a newborn. I mean, you know, she wasn't two weeks old and we, you know, come to mom and dad's house and he'd be there and he'd snatch her up. You don't find human beings like that. You just don't. Ones that just they give all for nothing. They don't want nothing in return. Avery, too. I mean, Avery would be, you know, she's worked so hard to get where she's at, and Christian not one time ever faltered, in to tell her to follow your dreams, do it. You know, I see him with Avery, and, you know, I saw happy my sister was. You know, I mean, we're we're from a small southern Alabama town, and family's it. You know, the unity is it. And, you know, not just everyone comes in our circle and and can, sur- I won't say survive, but come in and amend with us, and and he was a brother. I mean, no doubt. Did you all stay in touch very much after you split?
4: Honestly, not really. Um, we did for probably the first month or so, just through text messaging. But it wasn't too long after, I guess a couple of months had passed by, and obviously we live in the era of social media, so I saw that he had a new girlfriend, so I wasn't going to try to like mess that up or anything. That's really not my personality, so I chose not to cry into that so honestly we kind of slowly lost touch and so we really didn't have a lot of contact after we split when me and Christian decided to part ways it really wasn't a terrible like we weren't on bad terms it really was we just were kind of growing up and our lives were really taking different ways I guess I was in school and Christian was working on the boat and our time together was just becoming smaller and smaller and that just kind of I guess put a strain on things and we just had different outlooks on life at the time um, and just kind of decided to part ways so it wasn't necessarily a bad thing it was sad we were both sad but we knew it was just kind of right for the moment and I guess both kind of thought we'd end back up together once we kind of figured out our paths but it doesn't always work out that way.
1: Do you all remember when you heard the news?
4: February 26th. Well, I will never forget this night, but I was actually studying for an organic chemistry test in the upper story of the UWA library um, where I was attending college. And I was with two of my friends who were both named Tyler and then um, one of my friends named Erica. Me and her both started receiving text messages and I just looked down she, she knew she saw it before me so she knew what we're what I was about to find out and everything just got really quiet and it felt weird and she was like Avery I need you to look at this and I looked at the message and I just I guess at first it, it didn't really register I was like this isn't real this is a joke like we need to call some people which obviously then we started making calls and All the information kind of was trickling in and, I mean, I just lost it. I had to leave the library and my friends stayed with me that night. I think I called my mom a hundred times and through the night, I mean, it was probably 3 a.m. and I just kept calling my mom. I didn't know what else to do.
2: It didn't seem real. (laughs) It's kind of like 9-11. It's one of those moments in time that you'll never forget. We have this thing called Sweepy Swap where you can go and take your kids clothes. And anyway, I was there buying some clothes for the grandbabies. And I was in line to check out and I got a call from Avery. I'm like, hey baby, what's up? She was crying, They, you know, Christian's dead. I think that's exactly what you said. I said, She said, they said he shot himself, he killed himself. I'm like, Avery, you know, don't be funny. Fl- that's not true, You Christian wouldn't do that. I mean, that was my first response. I think it wasn't true. And that, you know, anyway, if by chance he had died, he didn't kill himself. I'm like, he wouldn't have done that, you know, and then I heard the realness, I guess, in her voice. And um, I just dropped my clothes and left. Yeah, so all I could think is he didn't kill himself. It made no sense.
6: Mom called me, I was just getting off work, and she said, Kelly, I you need to tell you something, right, you know, you need to just hear me out. I said, all right. My mom calls me, there's no telling what it's going to be about. you know. So I said, all right, what's going on? My wife was with me. She said, Christian passed away. I think she said he died. I said, what? She goes, yeah. I said, no, he didn't. She goes, yeah, he shot himself. I said, well, that's bullshit. Who killed him? If Christian was going to do something like that, it wouldn't have been in a bathroom. It would have been something so extravagant the whole world would have seen it. I'm just being honest. I mean, there was no halfway with him, it was either all the way or no way. You know, I still remember sitting there, watching him, you know, putting him in the ground, I and mean, that's not right. I mean, he was a young man, had everything in front of him. I mean, come on, who would, with that kind of attitude and that kind of life ahead of him, I mean, you're talking about a man that's gonna be, what, the youngest boat captain, and you're 21 years old. There, are <laughs> it's a shame, and it hurt me. It hurt me to my core, it hurt me to my soul. And there's not a night that I don't think none of us here don't pray. Pray for him, pray for Ray, pray for the whole Andracchio family. I mean, they're our family, and they'll always be our family. You've got 98% of people in Meridian, Mississippi, know he didn't commit suicide. Bar none. People that don't even know Christian, you go ask them, and, and they've heard of him, they know it's not true. It sucks that we have to have this conversation. You know, it really does, but, you know, it's good because, you know, maybe y'all can get more voices out there for a Christian so we can speak on his behalf and and maybe something will be finally done you know I think we're all just fed up but something needs to be done.
2: So nobody was perfect but suicidal? No. (laughs) No, Mm -mm. no. No.
4: I think for me kind of finding an answer is everything Will an answer heal me? No. Would it help me day to day? Of course. What human doesn't want the truth or closure? Christian will be with me till I'm in the grave.
8: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Things started
1: to change after Christian and Avery split in 2013. As Avery mentioned, Christian had begun a relationship with a new girlfriend, Whitley Goodman. And around the same time, Christian also made a new friend, Dylan Swearingen. When Christian wasn't working on the tugboat, most of his time was being spent with these two people. People who play very important roles in this story. I was fortunate to sit down with Taylor, an old friend of Christian's. He and Christian were friends for many years and remained close until the end. So not only did he know a lot about Christian's past, but he also had insight into the shift that was happening in Christian's life. Here's Taylor.
8: I'm uh, Taylor Dow. Me and Christian were best friends. How did I get to know Christian? Uh, I worked for his grandfather for... uh, I probably was working with him probably about five years, and then uh, Christian and his dad happened to show up one day and kind of went from there. Christian was a little bit younger than me, you know. But, I mean, we just went to work, and and our friendship kind of just grew from there. Whenever they come out there, I mean, hey, Christian was in a good hand to work with, you know. I mean, anybody that can work, I'll work with. That's where it started from, and our friendship grew from there. While we was working, really, we just... We'd fool around, you know, we'd throw stuff in front of each other. We all, I mean, wrestled, you know, I mean, it was about like brothers, you know. But I mean, after work, I mean, we hung out at the beach, rode four-wheelers and, I mean, dirt bikes. He was real good at riding dirt bikes. But When you seen him, you seen me, or you seen me, you seen him, you know, on the lake, hanging out at Dalewood. I mean, it was, uh, it was fun. Just acting crazy, fooling around, you know. I lived at Delwood my whole life. He started coming around whenever, well, whenever he was working with, with us, but him and uh, Ray and all them moved to Deadwood, you know, that's whenever we, you know, became friends. But like I said, yeah, he's just life of the party. I mean, everybody liked Christian, you know. I don't think he ever met a stranger. A good one. I wish I had uh, the phone and everything. We had a video. Uh, we was uh, digging dirt, loading dump trucks one day. And uh, I was running the backhoe and everything, and uh I done got it and was had extended the back of the arm out and was riding wheelies in the dirt pit. But uh, Christian got up there, up there with me, and uh, we was just making a video, you know, him hanging off the side of it, you know, with one hand and uh, uh, just acting crazy. I think, man, I, I could go on with times we were buddies till day he died. You know, when Christian passed, you know, I mean. Uh, his dad was my best man at my wedding, you know. Christian was going to be that. He was a damn good friend. Everything good about him. A lot of damn good times. I feel like that, uh, when he died, that, uh, a part of me died with him. Just ain't never been right since. Never will be right. I loved him to death. There's a there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way about them. I'm just glad I was one of them that got to share that with them. When him and Wheatley, you know, when they became boyfriend and girlfriend, we kind of, they kind of went their own ways, you know, I mean, me and my wife now, which we was boyfriend and girlfriend then, you know, what I mean, we kind of, I mean, it was just kind of like an age difference there, you know I mean? We was doing different stuff than they was. So, I mean, we, can, you know, we didn't grow apart, but, you know, we wasn't as tight as we was.
1: Taylor goes on to tell me about Christian and Whitley's relationship. Whitley was his new girlfriend, the one he started dating after Avery, and who was living with him at his apartment when he died.
8: Actually, I knew uh, her aunt and family and all of them before I knew Whitley. I guess that was kind of weird, you know, that she was never in the picture with, with him. Just looking back, you know, I mean, she was just kind of, they just kind of let her just run, do whatever they wanted to, you know, and that's kind of what, I mean, once they became boyfriend and girlfriend, we all hung out at the beach and all and this and this, but I mean, they were, I think she was just a little bit more wilder than our crowd. She was kind of headed on her little, little wild path, and I think she took Christian down that way, and, and I think they kind of knew how I felt about it. I was kind of not downing him, but I was kind of like, you know, you don't ever come around no more, and he didn't really want to hear it, which I know, you know, guys in in love or whatever, you know, and I don't know if he was in love or not, but he was chasing her, you know. I was kind of the big brother or whatever you want to call it. The last time I can really think that that we was all together was at uh, a buddy of mine's house out there at Delwood and uh, Christian and Whitley and Dylan. All three of them showed up.
1: So now we have a new person enter the picture, Dylan Swearingen.
8: He was a new friend of Christian's, the one I mentioned earlier. But at that party, you know, I was telling Christian, like, you know, man, I will, I'll never see you no more, you know. What's going on and all? And, you know, I mean, it was kind of, kind of told me, not didn't tell me nothing, but it was just kind of like, you know, he they're doing their own thing, you know. And getting on Dylan, me and him wasn't really... Titan then, you know, I didn't, you know, really like Christian hanging out with Dylan then, you know.
1: Did you know Dylan much outside of? Yeah, we yeah. went to
8: school together. And like I said, he was a little bit younger than me. Dylan was always just kind of quiet till he got a little bit older. Um, hung out with different folks than I did. I'd say not a drug head, but just kind of sketchy, shady kind of guy. Nothing against the guy before then or now, you know, just sat at home all day you know I mean he just was I felt like he was dragging Christian down kind of you are what you eat is always what my daddy told me you know who you hang out with after Christian died Dylan he'd come by my house just the blue really never never even stopped by my house before then till after Christian died and which I was fine you know I mean that was his buddy and it was mine but I think that whenever he was coming to my house it was more of a of him trying to tell his story of, and he never would really tell me a story. It was always that he was worried about what Willie was saying about him, about what all was going on. Whenever he would come over to my house, I'd be so upset, you know, I still get upset at this day. I don't know, He, I mean, it was kind of like he was coming by to tell me something, but he wouldn't ever really tell me nothing. It was more him just saying he was sorry and all, and you know, but he was more worried about what she had to say or whatever somebody else was thinking. Just looking back on it, if I was in his shoes, I mean, that ain't the way I would have did it. Not the way I would have did it, but I wouldn't be sitting there worried about what somebody thought, you know? I'd be like, you know, my friend just killed himself, if that's the story. Once everything started shedding some light on, that, it might have been, you know, foul play or whatever. I'd see him at the store, you know, and he wouldn't even look my way or nothing. It was just kind of funny. I mean, you want to stop by my house and worry about what somebody else is saying. Well, I mean, if the man killed himself, then that's what it should be. The whole thing just never made no sense to me. It still does. Christian never talked about suicide to me. And like I said, we we worked together side by side in the water 10 hour days, five days a week. You get to know somebody. Never once ever talked about suicide or or killing himself or he was never down. You know, if anything, it it was, you know, me. I was the one that I would feel down before he would. Just didn't make no sense. You know, I didn't believe it.
1: Did law enforcement ever contact you?
8: No, ain't nobody contacted me you would think, but no. That's a um, reading for you. If you want to know the truth, a lot of shit goes on around here that some light ought to be shed on it. Figured that some type of law enforcement would have came and, you know, if, if they was ruled at suicide, wouldn't you only at least get a background on the man, uh, go talk to somebody that knew him? But no, never, never seen nobody whatsoever. You no, know, I was waiting for somebody to pull up at my door and say, hey, you know, I mean, we think your best friend killed himself. What's your take on it? They didn't investigate it whatsoever.
1: Whitley Goodman and Dylan Swearingen were at the apartment the day Christian died. In episode one, I mentioned Christian and Josh's apartment and Meridian, but they weren't the only ones living there. Whitley and Christian made the move together. Before that, they were staying at the Andriacchio's home in Dalewood. Ray and Todd welcomed Whitley into their home, trying to be supportive of their relationship. But the support fizzled out quickly, and there's reasons why they ended up moving to Meridian. I
3: mean, at the beginning, my... I guess social worker background came up because you know i was like i mean you know i've kind of fell for the you know it doesn't seem like she has a good family you know they're not really taking care of her she told us and christian stuff that looking back now i don't know whether it's true or not i mean like she would tell us that her mother you know wouldn't let her come to the house because her mother had remarried and had they had two or three kids and they didn't have room for her and the mother had basically said we don't have room for you so you can't stay here now whether or not that's true i don't know you know but it, she told us things like that basically that her mother didn't provide for her she typically was always the victim in these scenarios we kind of we're all like, well, she needs help, and she needs, you know, somebody to, she needs a family. That's our problem, is we always think that we need to be everybody's family. Oh, she needs a family. So, you know, we're, we destroy our family for trying to help somebody else have a family. I mean, initially, I think that it was okay. Basically, we felt sorry for her. I mean, she's a cute girl. She was very sweet, very meek and mild when she was around us, and then that didn't last long. Christian and I had a routine, a kind of a tradition. He would meet me for lunch, and he and I would go eat, and just kind of our little, you know, okay, bye for the 30 days, and kind of our little catch-up before he left. We went and ate at O'Charlie's, I remember where we were. I said then, Christian, i really not sure about this girl. And he was like, oh, you know, we're not, I mean, Mom, we're just hanging out. We're not, you know, and he made the comment. He said, we're not getting married. It's not like we're getting married. And I was like, well, and I told him, I said, I can remember something my mother told me when I was in high school and said, don't ever date somebody that you wouldn't want to marry because you may end up marrying them. At the end of the day, him and Avery would have got back together. I mean, everybody just knew that eventually, you know, one day they'd get back together. He, quite frankly, she was in school, veterinary school, and, you know, it's a very difficult program, and she didn't have a lot of time to socialize and to go out, and I think that's probably the main problem they had in their relationship is when he came home for 15 days after being on a boat for 30 days you know he wanted to go out and he wanted to do stuff and she was like I've got to study and I was so then he would go out without her and then they would end up getting into an argument over it which is I mean I can understand that both sides of that so we had no hard feelings with Avery at all over the like I said I mean we even said you should have broke up with him before Dale I mean you know because of how he did so You know, they always said that Christian would always say, well, I'm going to live here until I'm 27. And if you asked him why 27, he'd say, because that's when Avery will be finished with vet school. And um, and that was even after they broke up. He'd be like, well, that's when she'll be through, and then we'll get married. I was concerned from pretty early on. But that's really more just general mother concern. Like I said, seeing some things posted that you are warning signs. Tweets of... Today when I get up, what do I want to do, meth or bath salts? You know, of course, her thing was, oh, I was just joking. I can't think of anything specific as far as other particular posts, but just things that were a lot of drug references, things that she posted on Facebook and Instagram was very obviously she had no concern for Not a lot of people put the things that she would put up on Facebook and Instagram. Even if you're doing those things, you don't necessarily brag about doing it. Like, in your face, you know, here is what I'm doing. It's almost a shock. It was almost like she wanted to shock people and get that reaction. And, you know, when people find out that your kid is dating somebody that may be concerning, they start telling you the stories. You don't know how she'll influence your child. The real concern started when she started, like, at at that time, we didn't really know her that well. She, you know, really wasn't here, like, in and out and all. But then when she was here all the time, and I started seeing the manipulative behavior and the no boundaries, so she'd go into Alexa's room and take things of Alexa's, and then she was smart enough to go to Christian first. She didn't like Alexa at all, but she would pretend to be taking care of Alexa. You know, I'm, I'm just looking, trying to look out for Alexa, you know, and she would try to get Alexa in trouble. Like she called Christian and told Christian that she saw Alexa smoking cigarettes. I mean, Alexa was like 13, 14. I mean, Alexa was here. So Christian calls me, you know, you need to get Alexa. She's out smoking, riding around with somebody she didn't know be riding around with, smoking cigarettes. I'm like, Christian and Alexa's here at the house. I mean, no, she's not. I mean, I go to her room, she's in her room. And it's like she would try to instigate conflict between Christian and Alexa and Christian and me. She would do it in a way that was like she was trying to help out, trying to keep her out of trouble. But really, she's getting her, trying to get her in trouble and try to, you know, she had a problem with me and Alexa. I mean, I understand why she had a problem with me, but with Alexa, I, I mean, again, I think it was that she was jealous of the relationship that Christian and Alexa had, and that Christian took care of her and looked out for her, and you know, she wanted to cause conflict to where they wouldn't talk, they wouldn't communicate, no boundaries going into your room. I mean, I just feel like that most people, I would, when I was her age, I would never have gone to somebody's house, my friend's house, and gone into their parents' room, or even their sister's room, if we weren't friends, and take something. I was in my room reading one night and she came in and she had a picture in her hand and she put it down by me and said, well, this is what I think about this. And I said, what is that, Whitley? And she says, that's a picture I took out of your, in my room, I have pictures of the kids and everything. and..." Um, Christian had dated Avery for five years, and so we had pictures of them together. I mean, over, I mean, you know, she came to all our family functions, she, you know, her mother was always taking pictures of them, and I think that probably maybe her mother had given me a picture that they had had taken together, and I had it in, you know, my bookshelf. Well, she had gone into my room and taken the picture, and she said, well, Christian and I were shooting guns, and that's what I thought of the picture and she had, I don't know whether she shot the picture, because I don't really think she'd be able to shoot that well, or whether she just poked holes, but basically she had done the holes in Avery's face and in Christian's face, where you couldn't tell who was in the picture. And I mean, that, that concerned me for multiple reasons, but number, like I said, the main thing was, you went into my room, you took something that was mine, You then destroyed it, and then you came back and gave it back to me and said, this is what I did. And I just felt like that was just very abnormal. Um, And that's something that most, again, if somebody goes into your room and takes something just because you don't want them to have it, then you don't go back and let you know that you took it. Not only do you kind of break a, what I consider a social norm, you then brag about it to me. So you have no concern for rules or laws. Really, our whole family was in turmoil, beginning trying to alienate Christian from his family. At first, of course, we didn't know anything about her, so we didn't really have a problem with it. And then when things started happening, it became, okay, We well, she can't be here. Well, Christian's take on that was, if she can't be here, I can't be here. And we'd say, no, you. we're not saying you can't be here. We're just saying, you know, that she can't be here. You know, he was proud, it was kind of a pride thing too for him of, well, you know, if well then, but if she can't be here, I'm not coming here. And so we would go a month, six weeks or so, and then I'd break, you know, I couldn't take it. And I'd be like, okay, okay, she can come back, you know, just so he would come back. And then they would come back, and then something would happen. So, you know, Christian was kind of, I think, torn between the two of us, torn between what she, her and what she, what was going to make her stay off his case, and then me, who, you know, I had gotten to where I wouldn't even talk about Whitley. Like, I knew that that was not, you know, he and I were never going to see eye to eye on that subject, so we, I never even talked about Whitley. You know, of course, looking back now, if I knew what, what was going to happen, I would have just said, she can come here, she can... Um, let it run its course. We tried, you know, everything, trying to get him away from her.
1: Had Christian been in the apartment alone that day, we may not have much of a story to tell. But there were other people with him. And from Taylor, we know that they each have their own stories about what happened. It's time we talk about what happened that day.
8: You got two people that were there, and neither one of them had the same story. If Christian killed himself, that should have been the story between both of them. But when you get two stories in somebody's mind. it had to have been a setup or something happened. But I believing in what I think that is uh is a murder.
1: This season, unculpable. It should have been blood everywhere. Everywhere. And it wasn't. That bathroom was cleaned up or he was not shot in that room, one of the
2: two. So somebody somewhere is lying. So why wouldn't you have talked to these people? I mean, there's a whole slew of people that probably know what happened. They'll start talking.
3: I think someone was involved in the case, in the murder, that they didn't want coming out. You know, they didn't want coming to light. I mean, what are they hiding? Just give it to them.
8: The manner of death for Christian Andriacchio is homicide. And I've signed my name to that in my report, and I would testify that, to that in court in a heartbeat.
0: You're almost there to
8: where they're going to have to pay attention to you. All right, wait, they're pulling out. Pulling out. They're coming your way. Get ready to tail. Wait, wait, don't move yet. Don't move yet.
1: What's up, man? Hey, dude. Yeah, they're, they're talking to her now, and they're recording it. Holy shit. We'll get what we want. We're gonna. Fuck.
2: Pardon me? I said fuck
6: you. I think he knows 100% what happened. I just don't think he's giving it up.
1: Culpable is a production of Resonate Recordings and Tenderfoot TV in conjunction with Cadence 13. Written and hosted by me, Dennis Cooper. Executive producers are Jacob Bozarth, Mark Menery, Dennis Cooper, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay. Additional production by Whitney Bozarth, Courtney Cooper, Meredith Stedman, and Mason Lindsey. Audio editing and sound design by Resonate Recordings. If you have a podcast or are looking to start one, check us out at resonaterecordings.com. Our theme music and score is by Dirk robbins Cover art by Drew Bardana. You can follow us on social media at Culpable Podcast. Show notes as well as bonus content can be found on our website, culpablepodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please take time to subscribe, rate, and review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. Thank you for listening.